This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison and for this special episode of the show, I was joined by two guests. Firstly, Benjamin McFadden from the Borussia Dortmund London fan club and podcast, and also Philip Dagan, a former Liverpool player who signed for the Reds in 2008 from Borussia Dortmund. Ben, first of all, how are you? How are you getting on? Oh, hiya, Matt. Always good to be on the show with you. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, two great results this weekend for Liverpool and for Borussia Dortmund. The 5-2 Erling Haaland got four goals. I reckon there's going to be a few people in the Premiership uh, having their eyes on him. Yeah, maybe definitely, Liverpool. Definitely, I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be plenty of interested parties, and and Philip Dagan as well. Obviously, is a, a player who's played for for both. I'm sure you've got fond memories of him playing for for Borussia Dortmund. He had a fair few injuries at, at Liverpool, but you can tell, I think, from the chat that he's going to follow. You know, he he has fond memories of both clubs. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely a Swiss international, 32 t- caps for Switzerland. He was definitely a a very solid performer all round. Although he was plagued with injury in his second season with Dortmund. In his first season, he uh, he uh, did a, a very good uh, a very good season. I think he played in about 24 games and um, and and scored a goal as well. And it was against Bayern Munich as well, which is not to be underestimated. No, of course not. And Philip Dagan, as I say, played for both Liverpool and Borussia Dortmund. He's a, a friend and honorary member of the Borussia Dortmund London fan club as well, hence his involvement in this podcast. And we wanted to ask questions of the ex-Swiss international, who now works, of course, as a football agent as well. Philip just missed out on playing for Jurgen Klopp at Dortmund, but I did ask him about the Reds boss, plus what it was like to work under Rafa Benitez at Liverpool between 2008 and 2010. This is a joint venture between Blood Red and the Borussia Dortmund fan club, and this is the chat we had with Philip Dagan. The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. First of all, just in terms of Liverpool, I wondered just sort of how big Liverpool are in, in Switzerland. Very big. Um, they're always coming also to the to trainees camp in Badagat. Uh, also, to when, when I was in Liverpool, we, we was there uh, twice uh, to have the, to, the trainees camp in Switzerland. It's always, uh, I think, uh, good. We have a lot of supporters in Switzerland. Uh, when we had friendly games, uh, the stadium is always full. Uh, of course, without Corona, um, then it's full. So we have a lot of supporters. Liverpool has a lot of supporters, and I think the the, the brand Liverpool, the club, which is a, a huge club uh, in the world, is also the same in Switzerland. And was that a, a big reason as to why you chose Liverpool? Were there there were other options on the table at the time? Was that a reason why you chose to come to Liverpool? Yes, that was. Uh, I chose it one year before because my, my, my contract was one year later, was finished and I chose Liverpool already before because for me it was always like, I have a little bit of the tradition clubs in my in my career. So it was, was <laughs> it was funny for me. You know, um, for me it was always important. I was like, when I was young, I always supported like the, 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 the fans with a lot of tradition. And, and, and for me, it's Borussia Dortmund and Liverpool, of course, they have a big uh, uh, fan tradition. And that was also a reason uh, why I chose these clubs. Rafa Benitez was one of the managers that you obviously worked with. I mean, there's sort of different ways to, to describe him. He was a very good tactician, very good with the, the tactics and that sort of thing. But what was he like to, to get along with as a person? What was your experience with him? 
he, of course, he was, he, I think his main strength, like you said, is, is his tactics. Um, he was not the big talker, to be honest. Um, he was more always straight away, the daily work, which he did every day, which he really, uh, his focus was always on the tactic and he was not the one like like Jurgen Klopp, which I also know, who is really like, he's the communicator, he's the he's the guy with the fire, he's the guy with the power, he bring, he bring everybody behind him and Rafa was completely a different kind of coach, uh, of course, he was also successful in in, in, in Liverpool, uh, but I think uh, Jurgen Klopp, uh, he, he made a new area in Liverpool. So um, this is, you know, I always I always say when, when you have a boss, doesn't matter if it's in football or in business, and the boss has fire, the boss is breathing from fire. He is, uh, he, 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 he knows He's going with a, with an example. He he's making things, and and this is I think Jurgen Klopp. That's why um, uh, success came back to Liverpool, and he made Liverpool uh, 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 great again. I can say like uh, <laughs> uh, some yeah. other sentence. So uh, I think this is uh, of course also a big uh, advantage from Jurgen. But uh, Rafa was <clears throat> of course he was a nice guy, but his main strength was of of course on the pitch. And Roy Hodgson as well, you, you work with him, I believe. What was your experience under him? Roy Hodgson is a, he's like a, a grand seigneur, uh, say in, uh, in, in, in French. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gentleman um, in the football. Uh, he lived his whole life in football. He is a, he's a nice guy. Um, I think he, he he also lived from he was also national coach in Switzerland, uh, quite successful. Um, so uh, he's a little bit he's different to Jurgen Klopp and he's different to Rafa Benitez. He's you you see that he's a he, when when my when I was there he's he was like a how you say he's the, like a, he was an older gentleman like this. Another coach you worked under was Ottmar Hitzfeld, who's really yes. um, re absolutely legendary in the Bundesliga and uh, a Swiss resident and so on. Um, what uh, what was it like working with Ottmar? I mean, certainly um, he's one of the greatest coaches ever to gift Borussia Dortmund. She the sheer number of titles of the Champions League of 97 alone remain a great high point. Uh, Ottmar Hitzfeld is like... Uh... I said it before, like close to uh, like Roy Hodgson, he's a gentleman. He's a he's a he's a he's a guy looking up to him because he really was very successful as a player. He was very successful as a coach, and he is a he's a very very successful uh, for me also as a person because what he's saying is always um, people listen to him and, and 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 like this he coached. He was not the, 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 the one who made the detail, who was the best tactical or whatever, but his personality made him the success. And I think this was the difference. I think also similar to Hugh Pankis, um, which I know, who also was uh, like as a personality, they were completely different and they really could they could really um, get everybody behind them. And I think this was a key point for, for them. Roy Hodgson was uh, the manager who was there when it was the end of your time at Liverpool. Could you have, exactly. have stayed at, at Liverpool or, or did you did you choose to, to make the decision to leave because you wanted to go and play? Yes, no, my my my, my first season was uh, sadly um, because I had a lot of injuries. 
Uh, I always fight myself back, and in the games, I always get got again injured. Now we can say bad luck, yeah, but a lot, I made a lot of pressure to myself. Uh, sometimes in football, you cannot describe everything and you cannot see everything. Sometimes you have uh, things which is maybe uh, you, you fight with yourself and you always get in a, in a new in a new injury. Uh, that was, of course, a time. And then I stayed one year more. I had also two, three small things in this year. And then Glenn Johnson came, of course, an English national player. It's always not easy when you play in England and it's coming a player for 20 million uh, on your position, of course. And then for me, it was clear, I just want to go to play. And that was the reason why I left. Uh, of course, um, it was not. I loved to how the, the club is. I love how the, the fans are. A, a lot of... A warm uh, a people which love the football and uh, I can always say to everybody this is for me um, one of the biggest passion I have ever seen for football and uh, I love football so that's why Liverpool is uh, is massive on that What was it like to, to be in the Liverpool dressing room at that time? There was obviously Stephen Gerrard Jamie Carragher, Fernando Torres I think was there at the time, there was some you know, big Xabi names Alonso, Pepe Reina, I'm still a good friend with him. Um, it's a it's a completely different team. I think I can say that there are more types, more types personality. Uh, of course, they are also successful, but I think Steven Gerrard, just when, when I see him, um, how he was as a person, uh, a big example, a big carrier, a big guy, um, I think he made Liverpool uh, also to that where he is. Of course, Jamie Carragher, he started there. He is also he's a little bit a different guy than Stevie, uh, but uh, also of course there are there are types. And I had Xavi Alonso, Javier Mascherano, Fabio uh, Fernando Torres. Uh, they are of course everybody's individual, but uh, I think they are good types and, and people who really took the responsibility on the team and on the club. Of course, yeah. I mean, you uh, were part of, of the team that nearly won the, the Premier League title in, in 2008-9. You, you missed a lot of that season through injury. But can you tell us yes. what it was like to, to be a part of that squad? Because you must have seen how desperate Liverpool fans were to, to get that Premier League title. I know that was the only target we have, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Of course, there was also... Uh, Champions League or whatever, but I think to to be fair and to be honest, to to get the the the, the Premier League title was even more important than to get the the Champions League title on this case and this case in 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 Liverpool because the fans waited so long for that and uh, I was very happy when last season uh, this happened and and I, I can say I'm very sad uh, as a as a fan of, of football, a fan of Liverpool, very sad that this corona came and they couldn't even celebrate this big, 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 big victory which they did uh, to win the title. It's not easy in England to win the title, so I know really what it means uh, to win the title in 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 England. So uh, a, a big, a big congratulation to everybody who was involved. So uh, we worked also 2008 on this. Uh, target we had so but it didn't happen so yeah sometimes you win sometimes you lose but you always want to win but you know how it is it's not easy 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd like to, to ask about a couple of those players that yes. did win the, the Premier League title. One of them being Trent Alexander-Arnold, who, of course, plays right back the position yeah. that you played. How good do you think he is uh, among the, the best in, in world football in his position? Yes, definitely. I think he has everything what you need in the football today to be a top player on this position. And I think this is also strange. He, 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 he didn't have... Now he has a, a, an injury, I think a little a bigger injury. I don't know exactly what it is, but he was not... Uh, he, he is a guy who has really... He has speed. He is technically very good. He has a good shoot. Um, he's coming forward. He has his offensive attacking. Uh, so this is how the, the modern right back or left back has to be. And I think he's one of the top right backs which we have at the moment in Europe. Uh, so um, Liverpool can be very proud because uh, he comes from the academy and it's always good to have an own player who coming from the academy and it makes you proud. How do you think the, the right-back position has changed? Do you think it, it's much different to, to when you were playing it? It changes, of course, because in my time, it came very slowly that the right, the, 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 right, the full-backs need to go offensive. They need to attack. They need to have different kind of skills than it was in my time So uh, than today. So today, is the football is completely different. Uh, it changed to uh, offensive. You expect that the full-backs are offensive. They, they have offensive strength. I don't think that you will play in a big team like Liverpool when you don't have the skills to go offensive, to have the skills also to be flexible. I think this is a very important uh, part because, you know, you see the videos and every team is studying the, the opening very good. So uh, the, the details sometimes decide about a win or a lose or a draw. And that's why this, this kind of thing, this flexibility on, on the pitch is very important. As, a, as a, a former defender in Borussia Dortmund, what, um, what are the defensive challenges Dortmund are facing, um, particularly in your position at right-back? Uh, who do you see as the, the, key, uh, the key defensive lineup for Borussia Dortmund? Do you still follow Borussia Dortmund quite a lot of the matches? Of course. Uh, I have players there and uh, I know everybody there. So I have close friends there, very close friends. Um, of course, I know I know the club very very good, so uh, I follow everything. Yes, for sure. And at the moment, with the fullbacks here, yeah, they have Munier. I think this was a decision for the stability. Um, but they will, they will. I think they will um, do something anyway on the right back position on summer because I think they need a little bit more flexibility on this position because also Lukas Piszczek uh, is getting old. And I think he will retire his career in the summer. So I think they, they, they will get someone for the right back, um, for sure. What is it that made Dortmund so special for you? I've looked a little bit at the statistics of, um, of your career. Um, you scored an amazing 3-2 in the 3-3 uh, draw in 2006. I believe it was your only goal for Borussia Dortmund, but what a goal. In the three-three draw, do you remember that goal against FC Bayern? Yeah, against against Oliver Kahn, who is the I know him very good. Uh, he is the, the he will be the new boss in Bayern Munich. So against him, I scored in in the Allianz Arena, as in the, in the stadium of in the new stadium of uh, Bayern Munich. So it was always 
you know, I was always uh, uh, normally in the front, but uh, in this time, in this period, the fullbacks was not so demanding that they were so offensive like I was. So, um, but that was of course my stranger. But I scored only one. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, you played in two notable derbies um, in the season 2005 uh, uh, against Schalke. Why is the derby still very, very special? And is it one of the greatest derbies uh, that you've ever played in? The Bavia derby between Dortmund and Schalke 04. For me, it's one of the. I was also playing at Liverpool or the Manchester. Of course, there is also a big rivals, but Dortmund, Schalke, wow, this is this is war. Um, it's not. It's unbelievable how the people are waiting for this kind of derby and how how many things are going around the game until the game starts. It's such amazing, and the, the whole cities are. Uh, crazy about this this derby and yeah this is a big revival so uh, I can just say it's one of the biggest I've ever seen so uh, it's fight <laughs> what do you feel um, what do you feel Dortmund which positions do they need to strengthen in in order to start competing with Bayern obviously it's a huge challenge Bayern being um, currently probably the best team in the world um, and uh, Dortmund having to compete in the same league is, is quite a challenge um, what do you see are the key positions um, uh, apart from the defensive lineup, or is it the defensive lineup where Dortmund have difficulties? I think at centre back with uh, Mats Hummels, we still have one of the most talented players, and indeed Germany this week probably needed Mats Hummels against Spain. But perhaps we should say a bit less about that. I think that Dortmund needs to sign centre back, the right back. Maybe we talk about the left uh, back. Depends. They don't really count on Schulz. So I think these positions, and then to be honest, they have a very, very good team. Maybe, maybe, uh, but this is so difficult to find a, a guy who can play when Holland is not fit or he is uh, suspended or he is uh, injured. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Um, you're you're a football scout and and talent manager yourself. Have you have you seen Jude Bellingham? How good do you think he is? What uh, how good was that buy for Borussia Dortmund this season? Um, in your in your opinion, I think it's the, one of the biggest week victory for Dortmund because the challenge um, to get this player to Dortmund was very 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 high, and I've, they fight it for months because I know his agent very good. Uh, of Jude Bellingham, and I'm a good friend of him, and I know um, I know which kind of fight it was. I think it's we can say that every club in in you or every top club in Europe wanted to sign him. So Dortmund made this this uh, uh, this challenge. They won it, and to be honest, it's the right step for me, the right step to do to get to a big star. Because Dortmund showed to a lot of players they can develop the players even more to a higher level, and then they can do the very very big steps. So I think it, it, it was the, it was the right decision. Um, so I was just really interested to, to see what you're up to at the moment and, and, and your sort of work. I believe you you work with Shikadron Mustafi as well as one of your, exactly. your clients. <laughs> what what made you want to, to get into to that sort of thing after you finished playing? To be honest. Um, 
I'm very involved in a lot of few businesses, uh, nothing to do with football. But after my career, I'm a guy who has a lot of energy and I always need to do something. Uh, even if it's a good experience or bad experience, you learn about everything. I asked myself, what was my biggest issue I had during my career, which I think the players, the young players could do better than I did. And the, the bad things I did, they don't do. And which I can help to don't make the mistakes or, or even getting better. And the reason also about the experience, about to know the people in Europe or in the world, to know the network, to know the people who are coming on the sport director position, which I played against or which I played with, or the people who, who really you can talk on the same level about football and not just about to move a player because uh, to, to getting money. My, my vision and my, 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 my power to do something was never money. Money is for me just a part. Um, um, it helps you, but it don't make you happy and don't make you better. For me, it was always to create and to love and to help players to go to the top level and to, to be one day a big star and to be and make a big career. I think this was my vision and that's why I went in this business. Um, I was 16 years professional footballer. I had a lot of... I saw a lot of people and a lot of players and a lot of uh, things, clubs, coaches. I think my experience is quite good on that. And uh, I wanted to give this experience to young players, to players which I can help to make the right steps, to, 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 to get the right uh, club and to negotiation at the end, a very good contact for the player. One of the, the young players that you mentioned to, to Ben earlier was Jude Bellingham, obviously. Uh, interesting, you say a lot of, of teams around Europe. Do you know, you know who who those teams were? Were, were Liverpool one of those teams? Yeah, so uh, it was Real, Barca, AC Milan, Inter Milan, AS Roma, Bayern Munich, uh, Borussia Dortmund. The other one couldn't pay him uh, <laughs> in Germany. Uh, it was um, the top teams all in England. It was Man United, especially Man United. Uh, who, who made a big bet on him and you know it was when you see the, the fight for this boy also between the agent because I know Mark Bennett very good he's the agent of him it was massive and I really like how the, maybe because uh, you know I, I, I like when people are have a straight mind and, and they never forget from where they're coming so uh, yeah so that's I think he did also the right step and the right decision so that's clear I want to ask you, Philip, um, as, a, as somebody who follows football talents quite closely, I've seldom ever seen a player like uh, Yusuf Amukoku, who has his uh, Einstein, his first appearance for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you think Dortmund should have a backup for Erling Haaland. Uh, have you seen Yusuf Amukoku and how good do you think he could end up being? Yes, I have seen him a few times. Um, of course, he has a big talent, but... Um, you know, there I'm a little bit careful to say too early things about him, um, where he, he could go. Um, because um, you never know when he's that young what it will be in, in a few years later. You know, it could be now he starts and he has four amazing years. But trust me. Football is going very fast, and then maybe 
with 22 he's not even on the on level anymore yeah and he's just 22 sometimes i'm a guy who's better to 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 go up someone slowly than to push him in in a pressure with 16 uh, that's not easy for, for for a guy trust me even in the head they are still kids uh to 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 to, to manage some pressure to manage things is very difficult at the end to say um for ha for Erling Haaland yeah if you put the pressure on a 16 years old guy he need to score and, and Erling Haaland is not there you may make a big mistake on the development of a player because he will one day he will be on the on a on a tough challenge with himself and with his head because um yeah this is not easy they still need to go and um, you, you cannot make too much pressure on a, on a young kid like him. It's my opinion. Um, are you as excited um, as somebody who follows BFB about Dortmund's young generation, Mark II? Uh, young players uh, like Reyna, uh, Bellingham, Sancho, Zagadou, Haaland, Mukoku. I mean, there's an average age of 18, 19, uh, 19 I think, there between them. So it's absolutely incredible to see what a young generation is coming through. It reminds me quite a lot about... Uh, the uh, the first uh, the the first championship of Jurgen Klopp 2011. Of course, they they have a very good scouting department. I know everybody. Um, they're doing a really good job. <laughs> and of course, Michael Talk. At the end, he's the head of everything. He's doing a very good job. Um, I think it's the the good and the right way. How they're doing it, and it sees which kind of potential and which kind of level and young kids they have so uh yeah i think this is the right way and they working hard for that that yeah that's it wanted to, to quickly ask you about genie wanaldum as well uh, obviously in your experience uh, as an agent working with players why do you think he hasn't signed at, at liverpool do you think he's probably just keeping his options open for for the rest of his career maybe he wants to, to try something new in future because he's obviously a key player for liverpool but it, it doesn't look like he's going to sign a new deal yeah this is a big question the same a little bit like emre chan um you know you know in football i always say to every player of course at the end you also want to earn good money but for me um, this is my experience in my life everybody see it different but i think a very important part in life is always um to see not only money to see everything i don't know if, if why he doesn't sign because of money but he was one of the top teams ever which we have. So, what is the next step? Is Real Madrid or maybe Barcelona? But I don't think that, I don't know, but I don't think that he will be one of the big stars in this team. So, I would, if I'm his age, I would be him. I would thinking uh, very good about um, to move because we have also, you know, we need to be honest, we have a, a very tough time in the world uh, with this corona. We have a very sad situation about the football because we cannot go to 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 to, 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 to the stadium. We cannot see the people. This is really this is first frustrating and destroying also a little bit the the, the, the what what make football big and what make football strong. And uh, you know, also the, the clubs losing a lot of money with that. Of course, also this at the end it's a business. And you know, then you need to really 
think and to be honest when is the right time and the right moment to do something, to ask something. And I don't know exactly what, what his status is at the moment and why he don't sign. So maybe it's money, maybe it's not, maybe he wants to move. Uh, I don't know what he's expecting, but if I'm him and I w- I'm a part of the, the, this club, which win again the Champions League, which won again the, the league, and I'm a part of it and I count on, on them, I would stay in Liverpool. Doesn't matter if I earn one or two million more in another club. Money doesn't make you more happy. I think this is my my wish and my opinion, and I'm honest with that. Of course, yeah. I mean, at this stage, it's only what four or five weeks until he could potentially sign a pre-contract agreement with a club away from from Liverpool outside of England. Is yes. it likely? Do you think at this stage, if he hasn't signed yet? Is it likely that he will move away, or do you think it, it could still be possible that he could sign? I don't know if I don't know if Liverpool. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes a club really wants to keep you, and sometimes a club wants to keep you, and the club sometimes don't want to keep you. So this is three points. The ones who really want to sign you, they will do everything. The clubs who just want to keep you. They don't do everything. And the clubs who don't want to sign you, they leave you, they leave out the contact. Yeah, there's always three parts. And I don't know in which part he is exactly, uh, which part that Liverpool is um, uh, on that. So I don't know. I can't. Uh, but I, if I'm him, you know, he can sign in five weeks, six weeks. He can sign a new contact. But... Ah, I would really think about it because he's still one of the top best teams in, in Europe. So it, it's difficult to be in a better team than, than Liverpool. They, they really need to be a, or Bayern Munich, it need to be a high, high, high club where he, where he wants to go or where you, where you, yeah, where you want to move. I want to, to ask you as well about certain Shakiri. I don't think you ever played with him for, for club or country, but was he someone that when he was coming through, you were aware of him and, and his talent? Of course, he, he grew up in Basel, where I was growing up. He, he came there as a young player. Um, I, I know him quite well. So uh, he has a he's a big talent guy. Um, he had also a lot of few injuries in Liverpool, it, which is very sad. But I think his qualities uh, are good enough to also make make the difference uh, uh, in each in, in in the most of the clubs. Uh, so I hope for him that he stay healthy because this is the most important for him that he can show his skills and uh, yeah he's a very nice guy he's always funny so and, and, and always positive so you, you, you know him so that's always good <laughs> yeah you you say he's very positive he's a very good player he's played for a lot of big clubs he's obviously played for, for Bayern he's played for Liverpool and, and a couple of others as well I mean how do people in Switzerland view his career? Is he one of the, the big stars to come out of Switzerland? Yeah, of course, when you see his revenue, his uh, career is, of course, one of them, which the people know, and, and, and also the young kids, which looking off, uh, are, who is the one in Switzerland, which I can follow, which career I can, I can, I can also I want to do. So he's, of course, one of them. So um, he also did, he won a lot of titles, of course, he had some injuries, but doesn't matter. To win a title, to be a part of the team, this is the most important that he was. So, of course, he's one of the 10 players which is uh, uh, the most rated in Switzerland, of course.
tell me, uh, tell me briefly, Philip. Um, you you represented Switzerland thirty-two times, um, and yes. um, amongst others, I was at the two thousand six World Cup in Germany, which really changed yes. the way that we feel about Germany as a football nation, and it really. Uh, engaged everybody uh, and the openness yes. and friendliness and so on as a player uh, was it as open and friendly and such a great experience the 2006 as it was for us fans traveling around the country i think i can say it, it was one of the best world cups ever when not the best because um the the the, the people which this country in the county which they they closed uh, together, they, 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 everybody from all countries all over the world came to Germany to celebrate, to to having a big party, to having big four weeks, and the the, the weather was amazing. Uh, I can just say that for me, not just because I played this World Cup, but for me it was the biggest, one of the biggest World Cups, um, without any other things which people stick together which has the immigration between the, the, the countries and that was massive and for me still one of my biggest reminder of viewing my career because that 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 really was amazing it's my uh, honest uh, uh, opinion uh, you can't count this what what's going what's happening in germany to other world cups or european cups or whatever lastly i just want to ask you about another swiss player who actually has an English connection as well, given that his parents are English. Um, I guess you've probably uh, keenly noticed the Switzerland under-17 international Bradley Fink. Could you yes. say something about Bradley? What's your view of him? I think Bradley, he's very tall. He's very good physically. Uh, he scores a lot of goals. He's, he's really a box, to, a box player, 16 yards in the box. He's very strong. Of course, he needs to develop his technically part but i think he will and he's in a, in a good way um and yeah dortmund signed him because uh, they they hope they will play one day in the stadium so in that's that's uh, that's the vision of Dortmund. that's why they have a good scouting and i hope also for bradley that he will um, get this target which he has and he will play one day in the in the stadium of Borussia dortmund thank you so much well it's been an absolute honor to speak to you philip and we do hope sometime, perhaps when you're on business here in England, that you'll stop by to have a we Dortmund Union beer no with problem. us. And no uh, we wish you well for your future career. Thank, and thank you, you so much. much. You too. Thank you. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.